Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a witness in heaven as we pick up in Job, chapter 16, verse 13. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. God knows the truth. Comforting when we are misunderstood by others. Totally misunderstood sometimes. Our motivations are misread by others. Many times we are accused of things of which we are not at all guilty. Someone has totally misread our thought, our ideas, our motivations. They've imputed wicked, evil motivations to us when when they weren't there. But my witness is in heaven. God knows the truth about me. And that's, to me, a comfort, that, that God keeps the books. He knows the truth. He knows what's in my heart. He keeps the records. My friends scorn me, but my eye pours out tears unto God. Oh, that one might plead for a man with God as a man pleads for his neighbor. Oh, that you would intercede for me, that you'd pray for me. I wonder why they hadn't have thought of that. Hear their friends in trouble. Why didn't they come and pray, intercede for the guy? As one intercedes for his friends, instead of just heaping all kinds of abuse upon him. When a few years are come, I'm going to go the way from which I shall not return. My breath is corrupt. My days are extinct. The grave is ready for me. Are there not mockers with me? Doth not my eye continue in their provocation? Lay down now, put me in surety with thee. Who is he that will strike hands with me? Who will be my friend? For you have hid your heart from understanding, therefore thou shalt not exalt them. He that speaketh flattery to his friends, even the eyes of his children shall fail. He hath made me also a byword of the people, and aforetime I was a tablet. Before I I was actually a song to them, now I'm a curse. My eye also is dim by reason of sorrow, and all my members are as a shadow. Upright men shall be astonished at this, and the innocent shall stir up himself against the hypocrite. The righteous also shall hold on his way, and he that hath clean hands shall be stronger and stronger. But as for you all, Do you return and come now? For I cannot find one man, one wise man among you. My days are past. My purposes are broken off. Even the thoughts of my heart, they change the night into day. The light is short because of darkness. If I wait, the grave is my house. I have made my bed in darkness. I have said to the corruption, you're my father. To the worm, you're my mother and my sister. And where is now my hope? As for my hope, who shall see it? They shall go down to the bars of the pit when our rest together is in the dust. I mean, this is really a dirge of the lowest. I've had it, you know. I'm just waiting for the grave. It's my house. I've made my bed in darkness. I've said to the corruption, hey, corruption, you're my dad. To the worms, you're my mother. Eat me up, you know. Waiting for the maggots, you know, to come along and just destroy me and I'm going to be, then I'll be at rest. Then answer Bildad. So this is Bildad's second discourse with him. How long will it be 
before you make an end of words, just make the mark and afterwards we will speak. Why do you count us like beasts? And we are vile in your sight. You tear yourself in your anger. Shall the earth be forsaken for thee? And shall the rock be removed out of his place? Yes, the light of the wicked will be put out. And the spark of his fire will not shine. Job, your light's going to be put out, man. You know, the, because you're wicked. The sparks will not shine. The light shall be dark in his tent, and his candles shall be put out with him. The steps of his strength shall be straightened, and his own counsel will cast him down. For he is cast into a net by his own feet. He walks upon a snare. The bear trap will take him by the heel, and the robber shall prevail against him. The snare is laid for him in the ground, and the trap for him in the way. Terror shall make him afraid on every side, and shall drive him to his feet. His strength shall be hunger bitten and destruction shall be ready at his side and it shall devour the strength of his skin even the firstborn of death shall devour his strength his confidence shall be rooted out of the tabernacle and he shall bring him into the king of terrors it shall dwell in his tent because it is none of his brimstone shall be scattered upon his house his roots shall be dried up from beneath and above his branch will be cut off his remembrance shall perish from the earth and he shall have no name in the street he shall be driven from light into darkness and chased out of the world he shall neither have son nor nephew among his people nor any remaining in his dwelling they that come after him will be astonished at his day and they that went before him will be frightened surely such are the dwellings of the wicked, and this is the place of him that knoweth not God. Who, man, did he lay it on Job. Job, this is what's going to happen to you. You know, all of the terrors and all of the fears and all of the destruction and the devouring of your strength and the death of your firstborn, and your confidence be taken away, brimstone be poured out upon you, your roots dried up from beneath, you cut off from above. Man, just, you're going to get you coming and going, man. No way out. Then Job answered and said, How long will you vex my soul and break me in pieces with your words? These ten times you've reproached me, and you're not ashamed that you may have made yourself like a stranger to me. And be it indeed that I have erred, my error remaineth with myself. If indeed you will magnify yourselves against me and plead against me my reproach, know now that God hath overthrown me and compassed me in his net. Now, this is the thing that upsets him, that he is blaming God for the calamities. This is the thing that really ires his friends, but Job repeats it. Look, I don't care what you say, fellas. God has overthrown me. Now, God allowed Job to be overthrown, so Job doesn't understand it fully himself. Behold, I cry out of wrong, but I am not heard. I cry aloud, but there's no judgment. He's fenced up my way. I cannot pass. He has set darkness in my past. He's stripped me of my glory and taken the crown from my head. He has destroyed me on every side, and I am gone, and my hope hath he removed like a tree. 
He hath also kindled his wrath against me. He counts me unto him as one of his enemies. His troops have come together and raised up their way against me and encamped round about my tent. He has put my brothers far from me. My acquaintance are estranged from me. My kinsfolk, my family have failed and my familiar close friends have forgotten me. They that dwell in my house and my maids count me as a stranger. I'm an alien in their sight. I call to my servant and he doesn't even answer me. I beg with him with my mouth. My breath is strange to my wife, though I begged her for the children's sake of my own body. Yea, the young children despise me. I arose and they spake against me. All my inward friends abhor me and they whom I have loved have turned against me. My bone cleaves to my skin and to my flesh and I'm escaped by the, I'm only living by the skin of my teeth. Have pity on me. Have pity on me, O ye my friends, for the hand of God hath touched me. Why do you persecute me as God and are not satisfied with my flesh? So Job is, oh man, you talk about misery and you talk about everything going against you, everybody turning against you. My, my servants, they won't even listen to me. I call them and they won't even answer. I beg them to come and help me. And they're my servants, but they won't even listen. My wife the one who bore my children. She's turned against me. I beg her and, and she doesn't even listen. My friends, my close friends, they've all turned. Here I am all alone. Nobody understands me. You ever thought that? Nobody understands. Boy, Job was really in the pit. Now, you can't get any lower than this. There's no way. <laughs> I don't care how bad you've had it. You can't get any lower than Job was. I mean, he is at the bottom. But so many times, it is when we get to the bottom that we look up. And Job can't go any lower than, than the cry that he has just made. I mean, this is it. This is bottoming out. And at this point of total despair, hopelessness, God has turned against me. My family's turned against me. My friends have turned against me. My children or my nephews have turned against me. The little kids hate me. Nobody loves me. I haven't a friend in the world left. Yet, Job said, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. Well, Job, they are. <laughs> that they were graven with an iron pen and led in the rock forever. Oh, that I could carve these words in the rock. What words? I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin the worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Out of the midst of the darkest despair, this cry of glorious victory, I know. You see, I, I, I don't know much at this point. I don't understand anything at this point. 
But I do know this, the foundation upon which I stand. My Redeemer liveth. Now, remember that Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible. Job perhaps lived about the time of Abraham. At this point, they had not had the prophets to testify to the people of the coming Messiah, the Deliverer. Job's revelation was very limited, but yet he knew that his Redeemer lived. He believed in the Messiah. And in the latter days, he's going to stand upon the earth. And though the worms and all eat this body, yet I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him for myself. What a glorious hope. And this is the sustaining hope. Though I may not understand a lot of things, I know this, my Redeemer lives. Someday he's going to come again and establish his kingdom upon the earth, and I'm going to see him. Peter said, whom having not seen, yet you love, and even though you do not see him now, still we rejoice with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm glad for the knowledge and the assurance that my Redeemer lives. Now, Job can, he has the capacity of coming out with these bright things and then jumping right back down in the pit. But ye should say, why persecute we him, seeing the root of the matter is found in me? Be ye afraid of the sword, for wrath bringeth the punishments of the sword, that ye may know there is a judgment. So, Zophar, the third of the speakers, gives his second discourse. And again, he was the guy that was dealing with traditions earlier and, and with wisdom and all. So he said to Job, Therefore do my thoughts cause me to answer, and for this I make haste. In other words, I want to be quick to answer you on this. I have heard the check of my reproach, and the spirit of my understanding causes me to answer. Don't you know this of old, since man was placed on the earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite is for a moment? He won't get off the you know, same tune. Job, you're wicked. Job, you're a hypocrite. Though his excellency mount up to heavens and the head reach into the clouds, yet he shall perish forever like his own dung. For they which have seen him shall say, Where is he? He shall fly away as a dream and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. And the eye also which saw him shall see him no more, neither shall his place any more behold him. His children shall seek to please the poor. His hand shall restore their goods. His bones are full of the sins of his youth, and he shall lie down with him in the dust. Though wickedness be sweet in his mouth, and though he hide it under his tongue, though he spare it and forsake it not, but keep it still within his mouth, yet his meat, in his bowels is turned. It is the gall of asp within him. He has swallowed down riches, and he shall vomit them up again. God shall cast them out of his belly. He shall suck the poison of asp, and the viper's tongue shall slay him. He shall not see the rivers, the floods, the brooks, and 
of honey and butter. That which he labored for shall he restore and shall not swallow it down. According to his substance shall be the restitution, and he shall not rejoice therein. Because, and this is now, here's what Zophar is, is suggesting that Job's evil was. Because he has oppressed and has forsaken the poor, because he has violently taken away a house that he did not build, you've repossessed a house, Job, and you've taken away and oppressed the poor people. These are suggestions of Job's wickedness. Surely he shall not feel quietness in his belly. He shall not save of that which he desired. There shall none of his meat be left. Therefore shall no man look for his goods. In the fullness of his sufficiency he shall be in straits. Every hand of the wicked shall come upon him. When he is about to fill his belly, God will cast the fury of his wrath upon him and shall rain it upon him while he is eating. He shall flee from the iron weapon and the bow of steel shall strike him through. It is drawn and comes out of the body. Yea, the glittering sword cometh out of his gall. Terrors are upon him. All darkness shall be hid in his secret places. A fire not blown shall consume him and it shall go ill with him that is left of his tent. The heaven shall reveal his iniquity. The earth shall rise up against him. The increase of his house shall depart and his goods shall flow away in the day of his wrath. This is the portion of a wicked man from God and the heritage appointed unto him by God. Who? These guys just keep coming on with Job, insisting that he is wicked, that he is a hypocrite. They have the one tune. They can't get off of it. And all of your problems are because you are so sinful and so wicked. Now, you say, but oh, why does the Lord labor this so much? Because there are people that are still that stupid today. That if you get in trouble, they'll come around and say, well, brother, why don't you repent? You know, so you can be prosperous. Why don't you forsake your sin? Because surely if you're good, God is going to prosper you. And if you're evil, you're going to be cut off. But that is not so. Righteous people suffer. Evil people prosper. Righteous people prosper. Evil people suffer. We don't know. We don't know why righteous people oftentimes suffer. We don't know. It is wrong to assume things about a person because he's suffering. It's wrong to assume that a person doesn't have the faith, and thus he is sick. It is wrong to assume that if you just had enough faith, you would never be sick, because it just isn't so. And God allows this point to be pressed over and over from several different directions to show the folly of seeking with our human wisdom and understanding to try to find out 
the ways and the reasons and the whys of God. We don't know them. The question of the book of Job is, why do godly people suffer? The question is not really answered. But what we are brought to is the assurance and the understanding that God does rule over our lives. And thus I don't have to understand the why. All I have to understand is the fact that God is in control. And I rest there. God controls the affairs of my life. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Job on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Job 16 through 20 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Father, help us that we will not be guilty of speaking deceitfully for you, thinking that we understand more than we do the causes, the reasons, the whys, the particular things have happened to certain people. Help us, Father, that we will be intercessors and if a brother be overtaken in a fault may we restore him in a spirit of weakness if a brother is down may we seek to lift him up may we stretch out our hand of love and understanding to those that have fallen give us a heart like yours Lord heart of compassion for the oppressed and for the needy in Jesus name This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lately, social media and our newscasters are predicting that worldwide calamity is right around the corner. In fact, so-called experts are saying we don't have much time left on the planet. 
can we really believe this? Maybe they're just trying to scare us. Everybody seems to be asking the question, what is the world coming to? But as Christians, we don't need to be anxious because the answer is found in the book of Revelation. The Word for Today encourages our radio listeners to pick up a copy of Pastor Chuck's commentary on the book of Revelation entitled, What the World is Coming to. Known for his simple teaching of the scriptures, Pastor Chuck's commentary will help every reader understand what God's plan is for the human race. Not only will this book educate you about the future, it's an excellent resource to equip you to give an answer to those who don't recognize God's coming judgment. To order your copy of What the World's Coming to by Chuck Smith in print or in digital format, please call 1-800-272-9673. Or you can order this book online at thewordfortoday.org. 